Hello and welcome to the Amaze podcast, where we talk to businesses large and small, experts in subjects across the spectrum of business, entrepreneurialism, tech, innovation, investment and finance. I'm Jake Shaw, your host. If you'd like to learn more about Amaze, please go to www.amaze.com. Today I'm joined by Debbie Dale of Debbie Dale Developments. How are you, Debbie? I'm really well, thank you, Jake. Morning to you. So, Debbie, can you tell me and the listeners what you do and how you got to the place where you do it? Debbie Dale Development is training and HR consultancy company and predominantly we service the travel, tourism and hospitality industry of which I have worked in myself for now 31 years and I set up the company really because I used to do training in development and HR for a travel business and we sold that and I thought you know what it's really good to go out there to also other businesses not just travel, tourism and hospitality who could really be doing with the type of training that we delivered to our guys because the customer service was excellent the sales were great and uh, that was about 17 years ago we do our HR pieces where we've got contracts and uh, employee handbooks and all the policies and procedures um, and the training side as well where we upskill and make sure also that you've got the right talent but also you're nurturing that talent to keep them. COVID-19 has changed everything hasn't it Debbie we've now got new terms like furlough and bounce back loan and all these new ways of dealing things that were not necessarily things that anybody in HR and training knew anything about. So what do you think about that, Debbie? Whoever knew that the word furlough existed in our employment contracts before, in fact, it just didn't. Um, and in fact, um, if you had layoff in your contract, your employee handbook, then you were given the opportunity to lay off your staff without pay. Well, there was actually a minimum government pay uh, that goes on there. And then, of course, the government announced their furlough. But you're quite right. The changes uh, to this um, industry, and that's covering all sectors, so travel, tourism, hospitality, um, has been massive. Um, and I know that all businesses have taken a hit from from COVID-19 and it's hurt not just in the financial side of it, which is massive for all of us, but also that that the ability to, to manage your, your people and to keep the talent in your business. The Chancellor came out with the fact that we are going to pay up to 80% of your employees' wages and they're not going to work for you, but we're going to do that. We all kind of thought, wow, that's amazing. But from an HR perspective, where's the policy behind it? Where's the process? Where's the procedures? We had to do a whole load of research um, to find out how we were going to practically implement this the great thing is my community is a CIPD Chartered Institute of Personnel Development um, and we were all on our forums talking about how do we do this you know how is this going to work um, and I'm very pleased to say that the Chancellor did speak to CIPD uh, with regards to what that policy procedural part would look like and they got quite a bit of advice um, but it meant that the changes that needed to happen in order for as many people to benefit from that scheme as possible actually did. In travel tourism and hospitality we tend to try to recruit a very similar ilk of person and these are the extroverts these are the people that you really don't want to lose they can be brilliant advocates so trying to get that balance right was 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 really pretty tough for a lot of employers my job really was to be the support act 
Um, so uh, I became the queen of furlough, as I like to be known as now within uh, the industry, and started to talk to businesses that either I'd worked with before or hadn't, but needed some help. And I think that even when companies have HR departments themselves, your HR person needs some help. They need a community around them at this time because this is brand new. And I think quite a few of us in the CIPD group um, certainly we're trying to get a bit of more of a community feel with each other. We're very good at answering questions and things on these forums because of Brexit. So when we knew that that was going to change and therefore we wouldn't adopt the EU legislation, we started to work a little bit closely together anyway. And actually that helped us enormously when it came down to things like the, the furlough scheme. Brand new and fantastic, the fact that the government had stepped in to try and help but effectively, the employer became the job centre plus. That, that's really how it kind of looked in, in certain instances. There are some people in hospitality specifically, you speak about you know, restaurants, pubs, the hotels, had to close their doors. There was nothing else that they could do. And so what were they going to do with their employees? So the furlough scheme has helped them. I think my... my Probably my, my hesitancy in feeling so positive about this is the fact that there's an, an inevitability about it. If we don't open the doors in hospitality, if the aircraft doesn't get off the ground, if people don't are not allowed to go on holiday, then actually this industry still has closed doors. So when the furlough scheme was due to come to the end at the end of July, there was an awful lot of people very, very nervous about the fact that they still couldn't open their doors. But furloughing cuts both ways, doesn't it? I mean, you've got a situation with, for instance, a fish and chip shop owner that I spoke to recently told me he had 30 staff, um, of which half of them were on furlough. And this is not to say that any of his staff are not good people, but he was saying that he had a significant number of them who didn't want to return from furlough. So mm. my question to you is, what can you put to companies that are now facing these problems um, how can they actually deal with getting people at back off furlough yeah. and how can they deal with redundancies and layoffs if they need to do them? Because this is all new territory for a lot of businesses. There's never been a downturn or at least there hasn't been a slowdown in the uh, business community or the economy for at least, I don't know, five to six years well, uh, actually, at the moment, um, Jake, I am now in the middle of either looking at the redundancy side for some of these businesses because we've done the analysis and there isn't the amount of work for the amount of employees that they have, or the staged return. So how do we get people back? Because uh, you are able to still have the benefit of the furlough scheme, but on a flexible term. So you can bring your employees back on part-time basis, for example, and the 80% will still be made up from the government. So so this this really is is for people who may be feeling a bit nervous about getting back on public transport, coming back into work, or also for those people who still have their kids at home because the skills aren't there and they've got a bit of a childcare issue, or they've had the phone call from the NHS line that says you've been in the vicinity of somebody who has tested positive and you need to self-isolate for 14 days. So the, the staged return could, could work really well. 
um, in order to get people feeling more confident about coming back. And actually, this is probably one of my biggest messages at the moment. It's about making sure that our employees that are coming back feel confident that you as an employer have done the right thing by them. Your office is clean. You've got some good processes in place for some distancing between people. If you've only got one toilet, for example, that you've got a bit of a process in there so that people go in, do their business, clean up after them and their colleagues feel safe about that. Um, also staging them in terms of the working start times. So if they're coming in uh, on the tube, for example, if you're in London, uh, rather than have them come in at eight o'clock in the morning, which is the rush hour, then maybe get them to start at 10 or 11 and then finish a bit later then so that again, they're not coming back on rush. So if the employer has actually done everything that the guidance has asked them to do, they should be very confident about saying to their employee, right, it's time to come back. But I'm not saying to people should be grateful for keeping their job because it's not their fault if they lose it at the moment, Jake. But the fact is, if you look at the economy it doesn't take a brain surgeon to look at it and think uh, there is a possibility that I might not have a job in the future so if your employer is trying to get you back and they've done all the right moves to make sure that you're safe and secure they've looked at the stage times even maybe coming in two weeks one week working from home three um no, sorry two days one week working from home three the next week you come in the three the other people come in the two the next week you come in four you know so if they've done all of that then employees should be really jumping on that and thinking, right, it's time for me to get back to work. If we don't start to get that soon, then what we're going to have is this apathy. Um, and we Brits are really good at holding on to things like that. We get used to something, we get into a habit, which is not always a good habit, I have to say. Um, and therefore, it's very difficult for us to break that habit of six months not working, but still having that 80% salary paid. You have to recognise what people have done and what people haven't done. Because if you've got somebody that's saying to you, just leave me on furlough, perfectly happy to remain on furlough, that's not the job. They're breaking their contractual terms to you. And they, that one of the contractual terms that a person has when they're employed is to follow the instruction of their employer. If you as the employer have done all the right things to get them back into work health and safety wise, as per the government guidance, and they're saying no to you, then really what we're saying is, well, are you asking me to accept your resignation? because I'm asking you to come back to work, it's time to do it. So I think, you know, there's a, a lot of this going on right now. I mean, some of the conversations that I've had, especially in the last week, have been quite difficult and challenging conversations to have with people. If they've got somebody at home that they're worried about health-wise, or their kids at home, or, you know, we'll take that in. We'll be very empathetic with their personal situation. But ultimately, in order for us to really kickstart this economy again, because we don't know what that's going to look like until we get started, then we've got to get back to work. So let me ask you this, Debbie. Um, we, are we facing a bleak future or are there reasons to be optimistic? And if there are, how can companies prepare for this optimistic but somewhat unknown future. This isn't about wearing rose-coloured tinted glasses and thinking that everything's going to be all right. I do it in a very practical way. But my view is, if you cannot be optimistic, if you can't look forward to the future, then you may as well give up today. So yes, I do think that there is quite a bit for us to be optimistic about in terms of moving forward to kickstart our own businesses that will have an impact on the economy. So you said recognition, you said leadership. What kind of visible leadership do you think hospitality business can give to the rest of the world? We've had to be very robust in this industry uh, about changing and adapting 
at very, very short notice. And that means that when the business takes a decision, so if it was this hotel, for example, that you were just talking about, they obviously had their strategy and their business plan before uh, the coronavirus hit and they've had to adapt that massively um, to open up again and so what will have happened is the leaders of that business will have said this we've looked at everything the strategy is this is how we're going to do it that's the date that we do it that's what the, the measures that you need in place in order to do it let's do that checklist get through it get everybody involved and communicated to and I think that one of the things that we are very very good at in this industry is that collaborative thinking and then the communication to all staff. And I do think that that's a great thing that many industries can learn. As a training development company, an HR consultancy, why I've I've gone out to uh, 25% of my clients, which are non-travel uh, tourism and hospitality, is because they want that kind of training in leadership, in communication, um, and also the customer service, of course, because that's prime, That that is what it, you know, with, without customer service and hospitality, you don't have a business. And this is about, from the leadership, talking to the person that might clean the floors on a Friday night, and what it's going to take to get them back to work, what they need um, in order to do their job very well we tend to take a little piece from everything that happens within our business before we start to make that strategy and put it into place and then we communicate it with everybody one of the things I'll say is when this whole thing started um, I did say to a few of my my uh, clients who've been with me for many many years right you're all going to go into panic mode right now and that's okay you've got support you've got help Right, you've got somebody just to bounce your ideas or just to scream at if you need them. But what we'll find in about three weeks, maybe a month's time, is you're all going to start to get really creative. And this is again where I feel, and maybe I'm biased, Jake, because I'm so close to the industries that I work with, and I, you know, I live and breathe those industries. I've got to be honest with you. Um, but that is one thing that they are absolutely brilliant at is being creative, especially when it comes down to crisis, because they have to be. You know, other otherwise they don't have a business. A great argument for businesses to uh, learn from each other and cooperate. So right now what we need is leadership, recognition of what your staff's doing and get creative is, is the kind of general message. Uh, Debbie, where do people find you if they want to uh, expand upon this advice you've given us today? Actually, I'm quite easy to find because um, my name is spelt quite unusually. It's D-E-B-B-E-E. -E -E. Um, so that's Deb and B. And the reason for that is because Deborah in Hebrew means a B. And we thought it would be very good for anybody who wanted to shorten my name to liken it to its buzzy friend. So it's DebbieDale.com. Uh, and that's how you can find me right across all the social platforms. Because it's an unusual spelling, it's quite easy to find. Uh, but the website is uh, DebbieDale.com. Email is dd at debbiedale.com. Debbie Dale from Debbie Dale Developments. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more podcasts like this, please go to www.amaze.com. And don't forget to like and share this podcast.